Welcome to this roundup. As fiber optic technology revolutionizes telecommunication and is proving to be a more efficient means of transmitting both data and voice, the fifth generation wireless network of mobile internet connectivity offering faster speeds and more reliable connection to mobile devices is also here. While 5G networks are expected to help power a huge rise in mobility and the Internet of Things technology, providing the infrastructure needed to carry huge amounts of data, allowing for a smarter and more connected world, the debate is emerging about the future of 5G network. To discuss the rapidly evolving 5G network further, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Ahmed Reza Rufurgaran to this roundup. Dr. Reza is a leading pioneer, engineering executive, inventor, and entrepreneur in the wireless communications industry. He's also the co-CEO, CTO, founder, and board member at Mwandis Corporation, developing 5G wireless network systems based in the United States. Prior to Mwandi, Dr. Reza was co-founder of Innovant Systems, and he's one of the top 10 patent holders in US and top 20 patent holders in the world. Dr. Reza is a fellow of IEE and Broadcom and was influential in starting and building the wireless business at Broadcom that shipped in excess of 1.5 billion radios per year. Dr. Reza holds over 800 issued patents. Welcome Dr. Reza, we are so very honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you very much. Wonderful, Dr. Reza. So it seems that the fiber optics revolutionized the communication technology by allowing the transmission of greater data capacities on for considerably longer distances with less interference than the traditional copper technologies that we have been using over the years. Now, it amidst this parallel revolution and evolution in fiber communication technology, where do you think is the evolution of wireless network from 5G, 4G to 5G is taking us? Well, the 4G to 5G is similar uh, revolution that happened in wireline that uh, it, um, you know, the influence that um, or the effect that uh, uh, fiber optic had on the communication. So um, it had a lot of effect. Monofix was basically um, void, voice over IP that you're using every day. Uh, you used to have, uh, if you had a long distance call, you had to go to satellite. Now, you know, now you do everything on the fiber. As a much faster, you don't see echo, much cleaner. The other thing is all the, today's internet traffic that you have, all the, uh, almost every new company, in, including this new generation of the company that you use every day, it's basically, it's possible because of the fiber optic, because so it's so quick and so fast that you can get the data or you can get the communication link within a matter of milliseconds and then get the information. You don't use library anymore. You just use everything on the Google or, you know, you do search. It's all possible because of the fiber. If you look at back in 90s, there was, uh, the internet started, but the, you know, the speed was so slow that it was almost impossible to do what we do today. So what 5G brings is basically is a step that they did, uh, the fiber optic did to, uh, you know, that such a step is going to happen in the wi- uh, wireless um, um, industry. So now you can have uh, so um, low latency and so quick access to the data, you know, to different places, to data, or you can transfer data so quickly back and forth that basically it's real time. So now the mobile devices, while you're moving, you're moving around, you will have such access and you can have, and it, it, uh, it basically uh, create a, a new I, I, a revolution, especially in the, in the uh, basically being, um, um, so quick uh, or so fast connection to the cloud that basically everything can run on the cloud. And I think on the new generation of the artificial intelligence, it's all based on the cloud base because it gathers your data so quickly and you can actually communicate with your devices so quickly or with you, but at the same time has a lot of data from other users or other places, which basically the system or the processor of the you know, running on the cloud can actually make a better decision and much smarter decision. So it basically revolutionized the way that we will be living in the future. And we're going to get a lot, much more intelligence information from uh, the you know servers and cloud. 
And you can see, to some extent, it already happened. If you look at your GPS, global positioning, if you look at back 90s, it was just basically a program running on your, on your car, and it was giving you navigation. It didn't have any information regarding traffic, and on, on, about the traffic lights, or any other information. Now, the GPS that you're running today is very smart. It, get the, it has the information about the traffic, the traffic lights, every information, and then basically pass it to you. So when you actually going from one place to other place is not just the navigation. Sometimes you use GPS because you want to know exactly what time you're going to get there, which is the best route. But, so those information is coming because all coming is already in cloud. It gather other place, other information, other places, and it's feeding back to you. So the same thing will happen in the wireless industry. Basically, every information that goes to the cloud coming from you or from other places or will be used to basically give you much better information or smarter decision-making system, yeah. Yes, no, that's an excellent point, that information and intelligence is becoming much more easier. And it's uh, letting us have that, you know, the whole smart ecosystem that uh, we have always been you know, looking for. But if we look at, uh, it seems that uh, 4G macro cell towers so far, they relied on the radio frequency spectrum. They were, and it, they were able to travel great distances, reducing the number of towers. We didn't need so many towers. I mean, we had, you know, towers at mm -hmm. distances. Uh, so the need for number of towers was less. But 5G, it seems that it's different because now it relies on higher frequency millimeter waves and mm -hmm. cannot travel probably more than 200, 200 feet, right? So yeah. it... How do you see this forcing the telecom companies to change their approach as far as their infrastructure goes? Yeah, um, this is not just because we're going to millimeter wave, it's because you're demanding higher data rates. So basically, uh, the issue is because you need, uh, you're demanding much higher data, you know, about 10 to 100 times faster, that means you need more to uh, receive much higher power compared to, you know, um, the level that you can support lower data rate. So in general, even if you go lower frequency and you want to basically increase data rate, you have to increase the amount of power or you have to shrink the distance between the units. So that's by, by physics. Uh, basically, whenever you're demanding uh, more uh, higher data rate, you either have to deliver higher power or you have to shrink the distance so you receive higher, higher power for your communication. That's basic uh, physics. But... At the same time, when you're moving from millimeter wave to well, for lower frequency millimeter wave, then the basically <clears throat> the behavior is a little bit different because at lower frequency, when you're transmitting signal, the signal it's basically propagating everywhere. It's just a, like you know when you have a um, when you throw a stone in the water and you see the waves start building up and grow and grow. So the same thing happen at lower frequency when you're transmitting. The, it's like a balloon. The signal starts, you know, expanding like a balloon and goes everywhere. But the fact that you're receiving at every location is not because they're expanding like that. It's because the wavelength of those uh, lower frequency is high, is much longer than uh, millimeter wave. So, if you look at the, uh, if you, I give you an example, like you know, for example, if uh, if there is a if, if there's a wave in the in the in the ocean. And then there's a rock in the middle of the ocean. When the wave hit the rock, you see it splashed the water everywhere. So at lower frequencies, the same thing because the wavelength is long. When it hit at every corner, it basically splashed all the power every location. So it's called it scattering or basically the way that basically the, the signal gets uh, splashed everywhere. So that's how you get the basically the the uh, the uh, you receive the signal at every location and you have a good coverage. At the millimeter wave, the wavelength is much smaller, so it will act more like a light and like a laser. When you shine a laser into the into the into the mirror, it doesn't go. It only go one place. It only get reflected one place. It doesn't shine the whole area. So so basically, when you go to millimeter wave, the way the wave travel. But the way that it travels, if it hit at every corner, it basically it would not scatter. It would get reflected. So that minimizes, uh, that actually reduces the coverage. That in a way that if you're not in the path of the wave, you won't see it. So, so now uh, the issue is how to be enable the millimeter wave to have the same coverage. 
and then there there are a lot of different proposals is basically you control the wave that it gets to you like you know kind of like what radar does it basically tracks you or there are other ways of doing it that we one day is doing anyway so the 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 difficulty of the millimeter wave to get it to every location is basically be able to get the signal the place that you are efficiently so that's one difficulty the fact that you need more power is because you need more power. You need to deliver more power. Yes, that's true. You need to have more base station. Even if you look at the LTE, compare the number of the base station that the LTE requires compared to uh, GSM that was 20 years ago. Didn't GSM didn't have much power. It was like you know several mile even longer uh, distance between them. But the LTE had uh, required like a mile, a less than a mile distance between the base station. So the same thing in millimeter where you need more closer. Uh, distance between the base station or small cell. So um, the way to do it is um, basically you need to make those uh, stations as much uh, lower cost. So similar to what access point for Wi-Fi has. The reason that you see a lot of access point everywhere, if you go travel in the, in the street and you look at your, you open your setting on your iPhone, you, you see like 10, 20 of the wireless access point around. You cannot connect to it because you need a passport. But it, the fact that there is so many access points, because this access point costs only $50, $100, or $150, and everywhere, now you see it everywhere. So if the price of those um, small cells come down to the range of a few hundred dollars, then you, it will not, the, the cost of the hardware would not be a big um, challenge. The only challenge is the location that you may have to pay your rent. Or if you need to have a fiber backbone, because there's most of the small, all the small cell and base station require the backbone fiber. So the cost of the fiber, uh, if it is not available, then you have to have to basically draw the fiber to that location. If it's available, the monthly uh, that you have to pay for the fiber cost and also, you know, the power and location that you have, the rent. Those actually become more bottleneck than the actual hardware cost. So... How to address that, then basically Mawandi has a solution for to basically reduce the cost or you know the impact of this on the on the system as well as to increase the coverage for every location. So mm -hmm. that those are the challenges that the millimeter wave will I mean is experiencing and is not picking up as quickly to you know, because they have to overcome this challenge. Yeah. Right, right. No, I, I hear you on that, I understand. Yeah. As, I mean, you just explained that how it's going to be beneficial for the AI because, you know, if all the data is in the cloud, it will be much more easier, you know, to analyze it and, you know, to get the intelligence out of it. So uh, that is one need that it seems it's going to meet. And also the IoT requirements, it seems yeah. it's going to meet the requirement for IoT also. But one question I have is that what about the EMP, electromagnetic pulse, uh, you know, protection? Will the 5G network be mm -hmm. ready? to the EMP if there is an attack? Um, the attack to, what do you mean, the health? Uh, no. if, let's say, you know, there is a EMP warfare going on. I mean, we okay. just yeah. read uh, in that Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, we're preparing uh, yeah. for so, that. So. Well, I mean, the attack is kind of, uh, there are different ways. You can jam it and then uh, disrupt their communication yeah. or you try to steal their communication and then try to, like, you know, hack it in a way that you basically give wrong information. The jamming is basically you have to generate a lot of power in the same frequency. So in the same frequency, for for example, that you operating, if somebody had delivered a lot of power at that frequency, then basically it's create an interference. And then you start like, you know, see a lot of noise or disruption on your communication. That has been, you know, in, if you see in the military, in the FAR, in, basically they use a lot to jam the GPS and other communication they have. Well, that can happen, but the thing is about of these is to be able to uh, to be able to disrupt the 5G, it's, uh, as I said, you know, the power has to get concentrated in a way that the location that the signal is traveling, right? So if they try to jam, like say, the communication between me and you, the communication between me and you is going to be like more than, um, think about like a, an optics, like a laser, right? So if somebody jams it in the wrong direction, you, I knew, me and you never experienced it. So he, they have to jam it exactly to, to the place that I'm delivering the power, right? So if they can, efficiency can do that, then basically they can disrupt the communication. But look, there are so many devices around, right? So to be able to jam all of these, they have to deliver a lot of power to every user. So 
it's going to be more difficult that lower frequency because lower frequency when they jam the signal also goes as um, the same way that it have and it's travel everywhere and it available everywhere the jammer also becomes the same way it um, easily um, goes everywhere at higher at, at more millimeter wave it has to be more targeted so if it's one to one communication maybe it's easier because then we can say oh, this is the location and deliver power and then another source of jammer will do the same thing but if it's a distributed system that goes everywhere and communicating with a lot of it, it's going to be more right. difficult to do so because it requires a lot of power to do those jammers. Right. So, no, that's a good point that it requires a lot of power. But is it technically possible to secure the entire network, make them EMP resilient? Yeah. So what I do is basically you would create diversity. So if I if there is a sensitive area that, you know, basically you want to receive the power and signal. So if you have the location separate enough, that basically when I deliver, I deliver different ways of the communication to you. So let's say there is one antenna with, you know, in five meters apart or 10 meters apart. And if I'm basically communicating with both of the antenna and then I deliver in power into both. So the jammer has to jam both of them, not only one of them. So basically the jammer has to know how many antenna I use and where the location are to be able to jam on that location. So by kind of diversity and kind of like a, smart way of basically delivering the signal you can confuse the jammer jammer has to become smarter and smarter to be able to communicate you know disrupt the communication so the communi the millimeter uh, disruption is not as easily how as a matter of fact sorry like some... communication but also data communication right? yeah basically it's so data it's... we want to protect yeah so if you look at for example if you look at the in future uh, the service provider they actually have the base station close by and the way that basically they are able to operate because they beam two different ways. So like one beams on the, you know, from the right side, one beam from the left side, and then they come both to your location, you know, to that area. But because the receiver uh, locked to the one of the base station with the beam, then it kind of filter the other one. So the other one, be, you know, the other one to be able to jam you, it has to deliver much higher power, maybe like 10 times or 20 times more power just to you. So imagine that you have so many users around and you want to do the same thing or so many receivers around, you want to do the same thing. Basically, every he has to do, they have to do exact similar opposite beam forming to every location to be able to disrupt the communication. So I don't think that uh, being worse than what happened at the lower frequency, if not better, the, the communication can be actually, I think to me is, is not going to be worse than lower frequency. It actually provide more immunity at millimeter wave than low, and than, than than lower frequency. Lower frequency is much easier to do this kind of thing. Yeah. I see. I see. I understand that. Now I read somewhere that the network level signaling is the same in five G as it was in the 4G and 3G based on the diameter signaling. Now it is believed that the technology of the mobile network core will be comparable or you know almost same similar to with the fiji uh, with the 5g not fiji sorry with yeah. the 5g as has been seen in all these previous generations of 4g and 3g yeah. so uh, what's the network architecture in 5g is there any change in the network core or is it just the same no because there is a mobile system has to have the earlier generation also support this so if you see the lte and then, then 5g they have to coexist in a way that basically mobile devices may actually communicate first through 4G and then it, the data get handed over to 5G on the demand or basically if uh, it decide to do, do that or if there are 5G space station around, then it will switch you to 5G uh, enabled. So the having a four, the previous generation, especially LTE and 4G is masked because uh, many reasons. One is basically you don't want to basically um, go to 5G because 5G to basically locate the base station, it requires a lot of like searches and beam forming, which basically take longer and uh, have more latency. The 4G is uh, wherever you go is supposed to be accessible. So it's just basically it's much easier than when you receive a call or when you want to communicate, first set up the 4G link and then basically from there you switch to 5G. So most of the mobile would not be 5G only. You're going to have a previous generation on it. The fixed location one that they basically compete with the, uh, with the fiber or they're competing with cable to your home or to your office, they can be standalone 5G. 
But for the mobile communication, I don't. I think the previous generation of having the mobility based on the LTE and 4G, and and then based on the demand changing the 5G or when 5G is available, I think it's going to be there for a while. I don't think there will be a switch all to 5G device device only. So because of that, then they have to sync together. The whole network has to basically sync. Yes. So basically, before 4G and then. 4G with 5G packet and all this has to basically get synced to be able to switch back and forth. So that's, yes. yeah. So that's, that's what we say the previous generation, yeah. You're right, because you know, not everyone is going to have the 5G infrastructure everywhere and not all yeah. the equipments are going to be able to receive 5G communication. So that- uh, yeah. that That's true. If you go to a different country and different area, you see LTE become 4G and some area become 3G. Yes. So, Backhand, yeah. That makes sense. No, that makes sense. So, if we, I mean, apart from the speed and the bandwidth, are there any other major differences between 4G and 5G? The speed and bandwidth. Okay. Well, I mean, the speed is a major thing because it will provide a quick access to your cloud. So, in future, effectively, all your devices like a display, right? The same thing as you're most of doing with the computer. Everything is run on the cloud. So the speed is a, is a, is a major thing, but the, the latency is another thing. So the latency is, uh, what do you mean latency is um, uh, be able to basically quickly transmit back and forth in a, in a, in a very quick way, in a basically in a way that you basically, for many, for many applications like artificial intelligence or security, or you, know, you wanna have a low latency, you wanna get the data back and forth quickly. So you don't see that such a low latency in other system like a 4G or 3G because you know it's you know the latency, it uh, the, because of the packet and the way that the signaling goes, there is a higher latency. In 5G, uh, if you have to do a lot of beam forming and beam management, then there will be a latency. But um, luckily, with the different uh, architecture, actually you can get you know you can overcome those, and the latency of that can be reduced to very minimum to level that you can actually enable all of these applications. So besides the speed, the latency is important. And what, what I mean with the latency, like satellite communication, can be very fast, but the latency is high. You know, so basically you don't you can't get the same thing with the satellite. The latency of going back and forth with the satellite is. It's not, if you demand something, you won't see it right away. It takes longer. But with the 5G, if you demand something, it's just like transparent, it's quickly come back. So the latency is another beside the speed. And then you mean, uh, and then the effect, and effectively in future, if you do the architecture of the 5G correct, I mean, in the right way, you basically not only can do better coverage in, uh, what I mean, I can add this later on, you know, have better coverage, but more efficient. It, it can actually become more efficient in the communication than LTE. So it can actually uh, help the battery life and the way that they're using the communication today. Uh, it can improve if it's designed correctly or if it and the architecture is correctly. It gives you that capability. Also provide much more capability compared to other Thing that like you know I can communicate directly with you or the devices had much more come the system have much much more capability than L, you know lower frequency so if I want to directly communicate with you they can I can put you in contact with me and then we don't need to go through the whole you know infrastructure me and you can die so there's a lot of new feature that added to the 5g that does not exist at you know previous generation or if it is uh, it was not as efficient that this 5g make it very efficient Right. Um, yeah, and also the 5G system, uh, if you design it correctly, it can be dynamic. For example, you know, uh, if you wanted them, for example, have a coverage at the stadium or, or some area that basically all of a sudden you get crowded, you can actually provide the link, uh, you know, communication link with dynamic devices such as drone or devices like, you know, mobile, mobile devices that temporarily can can actually locate on those locations and provide the five, you know, connectivity. So that makes it more, more capable compared to, you know, lower frequency. Yeah. Yes, yes, I understand that. Now, today's, it seems that like today's 5G networks are designed to accommodate the 
enormous uh, data you know exchange that needs to be uh, that will be happening because of the iot's mm-hmm. now uh, you know are there any technical challenges that still needs to be uh, solved for the 5g to be very effective for the entire iot ecosystem or internet of everything ecosystem or uh, that it will be able to no matter you know what comes next other than you know voice and data that it will be able to transfer uh with this 5g uh, architecture that we have or is there a need for any architecture shift to enhance the delivery of what will need to uh, travel through the network in the coming years mm-hmm. well i mean the 5g <clears throat> okay the iot device is not something new it's actually uh, the basic concept of it goes back in they call it rfid back in 90s or to early 2000 you know rfid rfid identification is supposed to be a tag that you connect to every devices and then you can locate it or you can store information that you can read the so the iot is more advanced of that because now you can actually communicate more not only as a tag you can also communicate with the you know sensor or some even send the command and back and forth so it kind of like a low frequency communi- or like low end com- uh, communication to device the passive devices or control devices so now because of because of the advances happening uh, in a lot of um, communication like you know having low power wifi low power lte or bluetooth uh, or is zigbee and the fact that um, uh, not only they are low power they are very low cost it enable to connect those to every devices or every every piece of equipment that you have or every even piece of in furniture or anything you have and be able to smartly control or get collect data from those units so now what it means means that when you do that then now you have a lot of data to basically read or write so what it means that means that uh, you need a higher speed uh, transport units right so that's what happened in fiber why fiber all of a sudden was pushed because a lot of like voip or a lot of other application start putting a lot of data into the system and the wireline could not do handle it and fiber could do it so now 5g bring the same thing to the system because a lot of data that you collect or you communicate to why these devices that would be huge data so 5g can tra- you know has a bandwidth to de- deliver those data at the same time when you get those data and then goes to the server the server may have to collect all of those data store it and thanks to all of these memory advances that happen in you know the the uh, silicon memories that com- you know, compared to those hard disk that it was had before now you can store a lot of data and you know quickly read and write and then process them so all those data coming from iot or different places can also process and then back to users so now you can see not only you collect and communicate with the iot devices you may actually collect all of the data and have to basically reconfigure them and process them and pack and send it back to you in a way that you make it better smart way like you know for example if you want to have a traffic you know if you apply such a system into the traffic system so basically every data collected from every sensor of the cars automobile that you may have and also the videos or images that you collect in the street and other information that you collect on that environment can go to the server and then can process and then get to get feedback to every car so now you can actually control the traffic you can synchronize the traffic you can make sure that the car coming 10 miles away by the time you get to this intersection and you get into the intersection you basically minimize the you know accident so the whole traffic system can be actually synchronized and then be a, a more secure system can be applied so and then you can also minimize all the issues of the you know uh, if there is a um, Uh, robert i mean all the criminal action you can also quickly see and then uh, apply quickly the decision so it's not only the service that you do also minimize other things that you know the, that uh, can happen and then you prevent those things happening so so now the, the 5g because it's collecting mobile da- data you know it's fiber cannot do that things are moving around and they collecting all the data and you put, putting back and forth it actually will revolutionize that so the five the fact why 5g because of the bandwidth speed and then latency that provides the low latency it provides it makes all these changes into your life but it has to be low cost it has to be low power because you're in handheld devices so basically mm-hmm. you cannot have a device that lasts only one hour you need to last for the whole day and it has to be low cost that means you me and even everybody every you know Uh, at any income uh, sh- uh, uh, whoever with any income should be able to have one of those yes. if you do that then basically makes this whole 
this whole infrastructure so efficient in future. And you will see a lot of new generation of the internet company, which basically use a lot of advanced intelligence to make decision or provide information happen. Maybe even bigger than the company that are right now exists. You will see a lot of, you know, search, uh, light search engine that basically search all of these IoT devices or, you know, every, every person and provide information back to some other units here. Yeah. Yes, yes, no, you're right. Low power and low, you know, cost is uh, the key. But the math, yeah. yes, it is, uh, you know, fundamental to be able to uh, have a broader, you know, usage of this and a broader infrastructure deployment. But if you look at IoT devices, uh, they they have many choices in the way they can access the network, right? I mean, one is if it's directly connected to the fiber optics or if it's connected through 5G, 4G, you know, any of those uh, uh, networks so they may connect to network uh, directly or uh, through a gateway or you know in a relay fashion so if we compare uh, comparing to these uh, mobile you know devices like smartphones and uh, ipads and all that the security of this iot device you know is very different i mean the if you if they are using 5g network because it has to uh, these devices are, you know, small and cost effective. Sometimes they are just disposable and uh, lightweight and they have to still establish that, you know, trusted connection with the network. So how does that work? What kind of security challenges we will be facing in the coming years with these new emerging 5G business models? Because the IoT devices, they have no standardization. They are disposable, low cost, and, you know, they are, they are going to be deployed in billions, you know, in numbers. So it, it the operating system and all that is also going to be, you know, very challenging because you cannot encrypt that and you cannot... Uh, uh, the security is going to be a huge challenge. So, what, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think this is a there's not a problem with the wireless communication, or it's not a problem with five G. It's a problem that basically on every every link that to and these devices will have, you know, and you will experience. So, how you know is it possible that control device somebody else can control the devices or basically ma manipulate these devices? Well, I mean, obviously, if you can break into any level of the network, for example, if you have your, if some of these IoT devices controlled with the personal Wi-Fi system, you know, local area network that you have. So let's say you have you have your Wi-Fi, and that Wi-Fi is a bridge to fiber or bridge to cable. If somebody can get into your Wi-Fi system and know the password, basically can get into your devices, right? So, so if somehow if there's a hacker and they want to get um, inside your home and your security of your home or your video camera of their home, and all it needs to do is basically a way to get into your Wi-Fi system. And then from there, you if you have a Wi-Fi connection or your cable modem system, and then basically from there into your devices. Yeah, I think those kind of things at every level, the more level you have, the more chance a hacker can get into it it just basically it can get at your home level it can get at your gate you know a level higher and higher all the way to you know the service provider but if uh, if something like what apple and other computer uh, company did so what they did is basically everything is basically in uh, go to cloud and if you store all your information in cloud everything so there's only one location that basically uh, the communication of my phone with the cloud everything i have in cloud or everything if it's based on that, then there is only one place that you need to make it very secure. And that's what basically some of these companies are doing. So if you have a very good uh, encryption system and dynamic that keep changing based on, you know, uh, um, on over time, then it's harder to break in that. And management, it belongs to one big corporation that basically can handle it. Sure, if, sure. You, if you deliver it to me, to my home, Wi-Fi, I choose any password that easily people can guess or it's much easier or maybe maybe like you know they tried million times and then there is no no like you know the way that the phone does if you try five times is wipe out your phone information those kind of things doesn't exist so the smarter way of encryption and you know basically manage data if happens and it's only one location is much easier but you're right every this thing always a headache you know you see over time people get into credit card information people get into you know, um, yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. Challenging, so, yeah. But the current approach that you say, you know, with cloud, that makes sense. But in the coming years, we'll see the, you know, emergence of neuromorphic chips. 
And for the neuromorphic chips, you know, the you you don't need to go to cloud for you know to send messages back and forth. All the processing will happen right there on the you know chips. So that is going to create you know different kind of challenge because then you know uh, if we don't know where those you know all those chips are going to be deployed for what use and uh, in how many numbers so uh, how to secure all that is going to be a huge challenge and uh, as we see you know it's not uh, simply about the medium of communication it is uh, these networks are a catalyst for blurring the boundary between cyberspace aquaspace geospace space so uh, the 5g security design will need to be all encompassing so that uh, it can provide security protection for everything the entire human ecosystem in cyberspace geospace space and you know aquaspace so uh, do you see that the, with the technology infrastructure that we have with the approach that we have that uh, we will be able to address all these challenges well, i mean and then and then, i mean and the 5g communication is basically you know, can compare to fiber, then you have a, you know, fiber optic line and then you send the fiber over it. Well, I mean, if I go and break it and look at the fiber, I get the fiber result. But then if the data that on uh, the fiber is very well encrypted or has a very good security, uh, even if I receive the light, I won't be able to do anything with it because I have to somehow map it into real data. And if it is a scramble, uh, if it's in a way that is protected, it will, uh, I would never able to you know, uh, to, uh, detect all the data. The same thing and then in every wireless communication. I mean, you can, yes, you can take those uh, electromagnetic waves and you can actually probe it and you try to analyze it. But if you cannot find any correlation between the, the signal, I mean, the signal that you're receiving, any any pattern or, cor- I mean, any meaningful pattern or correlation, then you will not be able to do anything with it. So at the level of the communication, it all depends on how you transfer, you know, the data is managed. So based on that and what data you want to be public, for example, when you do communication, at the beginning of communication, you have to have some public data. For example, you broadcast, my name is this, and then the base station recognizes it, and the next level, once you recognize it, start telling you that, you know, I'm doing encryption, you have to do encryption, then they basically do handshaking and set up all those information. So the means of trans, the transport uh, media, it does, it's the performance of the, you know, the security of this all depends on how you manage your data or how the, the data is going to that. So for the uh, the fiber, five, you know, 5G or any level, even if you had like, you know, even if you have a telegram, you know, if you don't encrypt the data, then you use the telegram, you could basically see the, you know, information. So the level of the security is depending on how you control data or manage the data and how, uh, strong enough encryption you have on it. It's not on the transport unit. I mean, that level, I mean, basically is a level that doesn't have much of uh, intelligence to make it in a way that, you know, it's how you manage that and how you trans- transfer the data over that media or, you know, um, the way that you're using it, it can make it more secure, but it's all, it's more software based, you know, what you can do with the, with the security more than the, you know, the media. Yeah. Is that going to be sufficient to have a software-based security? Because I think depending on just software for security is going to be challenging because we'll have to think of uh, uh, both digital as well as analog, you know, how we can make the hardware secure rather than just focusing yeah. on... I think I think that, that at that level is because all the data is digital, right? So basically the way that you generate those data it's basically it uh, you can create the security at that level because you know the 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 level that you know if i basically um communicate like let's say me and you communicate with just a uh, hand waving right so if this very like a uh, way up easy to detect what i'm saying to you then basically everybody else can do it but if we use a pattern that is not correlated with any ways of that me and you anybody else can figure out but only me and you can actually understand it. That's kind of like encryption. And that's what encryption was developed before. So it just, uh, even just, uh, you know, hand waving or any signaling between me and you, it, if we have to make it secure, is me and you have to use the intelligence because the light doesn't have intelligence. You know, the, the sound, the, the, the way that the sound propagates there doesn't have intelligence. 
But the way that me and you use our brain to do that mm -hmm. intelligence, that brings the security. So I think the security and, and that's yeah, that's it's, challenge, yeah. Right? I mean, not everyone is educated or informed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that is where the biggest risk is. If yeah. we all have that understanding uh, of what to do, you know, and how to operate our uh, computers and not what to do and what not to do, then we'll be fine. But yeah. that's where the, you know, everybody has comes from a different background, different level of uh, understanding. So that's, that's true. And that's what we rely on the companies who are managing our, exactly. our information to provide that security. And yeah. I mean... Obviously, um, the more advanced the system gets, the you know the people that the people on the hack also smart. You know, you, the same people who generating these and then encryption and you know trying to basically come up with the best solution. They also are smart people use their mind in the wrong way. So it's, it's a human. <laughs> I don't think by the time somebody builds something after five years, but other people figure out how to break it or you know after a while. That's true. That's something that is not new. Even many years of I mean, past history, any any kind of the system, you know, any kind of technique that people apply, then when there was later on, there was something happening. But yeah, uh, yeah I think the best. I mean, the intelligence brings uh, more. I mean, it's more control. And you are right. I mean, like me, I'm not the expert on, in software. So somebody who is much, uh, be, you know, better than me on software can create a better security system. And then uh, the question is how long that can last and how smart it is. But this is, a, you know, kind of like chicken and egg. You do something later on happen to you. But I don't think the means of like, you know, having a car compared to driving a horse. The car obviously brought a big change to our life. You know, the, a plane brought this uh, um, these, um, you know, when you want to travel, it's headache right now. It's all because not the airplane, because of us that try to abuse the system, right? Or mm -hmm. so I think we cannot blame the plane, we cannot blame the car, we cannot blame that means it's just basically uh, the way that we're using it is um, it's uh, there are good and bad, and then how to control this is coming to the you know, the action, yeah. To now, there is another, you know, huge aspect of this for which I don't think I'm prepared to talk about it today because I haven't got enough time to do research. Yeah. So I'll have to address that in the, uh, you know, some other time. But it's about the fear of fighting, yeah. you know, that it has a huge, you know, there is a lot of information out there, information, misinformation, uh, that it could, you know, it's very damaging, this electromagnetic radiation, that uh, it, the, there are a lot of dangers of 5G to the environment, to the human beings, to the planets, and all of our human bodies are regulated by EM, EMF signals. But uh, what is it about the 5G and that radiation that uh, impacts the human health? I am... Mm -hmm. At least today, I'm not prepared to talk about it uh, because I need uh, to spend more time to understand uh, yeah. biochemistry and how the interactions happen between the you know electromagnetic signals. So uh, that will be a topic of discussion for some other time because this is a big topic in itself to talk about the you know health risk uh, of 5G. Uh, be you know proper understanding to be able to do some justice to the topic. So I'll talk about that some other time, but. Uh, what are your concerns as you, I mean, you understand the technology, you know, better than anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, understand the advantages, disadvantages. Where do you see the real challenges of 5G? Well, I mean, as far as the challenges in the right, I mean, I mean, good way is basically how to deploy this and provide the coverage to every every location, because right now the ma major problem is the coverage of the 5G, you know, can we get this millimeter wave at every location that you want to use it? So that's the challenge. And then there's a lot of effort is going on to basically uh, come up with a solution or address this. So that's a good way of challenging. And the other challenges that basically um, <clears throat> what the, and then the other thing that it brought a lot of good to the table, the same thing airplane and the car brought to the table. But the other challenge is, yeah, I mean, managing all, all of these, like, you know, when you have so many, so many planes in the air or so many cars in the street, now you have to manage this. Like, you need to have a traffic light, you need to have, you know, air control uh, centers and all of this. So basically, yes, there should be some, you know, there should be um, um, 
uh, ways of managing this data and controlling it and making make sure everything's smooth. And, and then there is a lot of uh, network level pro, uh, uh, algorithm that develop to do that. But if some of these network algorithms have bugs, then things get disrupted. So for example, if for example, yes, the air controller make a mistake, two airplane can collide. So there will be a while that this network becomes stable and then make sure that the communication link is stable and not only just delivering data, but you know, it's not you know, it causing any problem. So those kind of things basically is under development, go through alpha stages, beta stages, become stable. So those, mm. those are during the transition of you know, maturing the technology. But as you said, there are also drawbacks that you know people can use this system because they're so quick to get access to every point. And then it's a real time you can control. Like, you know, right now you cannot control everything in real time. You, it takes a while. So you have time to, if something goes wrong, it, it, it can give you warning. You can, you know, at least no, you get notice. But when you have so many, to, so late, low latency and so quick to every location, then, as you said, is the security of the system become much more important because you know if somebody get the hold of something in real time, can control the whole traffic. The whole, for example, I mentioned about the traffic system. If somebody take over the traffic system, the whole traffic, the whole car, I mean, he can make accident at every location. He can make all of these things happen. The same thing that people are worried about if somebody hacked our electrical grids, they what happened to it. Yes, so these are the challenges that, you know, we have to make such a network that's so powerful. It has to also become very uh, well-controlled, well-managed, and also secure system. You cannot, without security, it, it, it headache become more. Those are the facts. And then, as you say, the challenge of health, is the, I don't think the health is challenged as, as concerned that other, I mean, personally, I'm not as concerned. But uh, yeah, those are the ones that people are worried about it. The same thing that when you want to go to airplane and you say, oh, is that I have a crash or not? So to some extent, you have to say 99.9999% there is no crash. There is only small chance, like a white, meaning a lottery, that the, the plane can crash. But people only see that a very small thing and they all worry. When they go in the plane, they worry about it. So yeah, so using the, using, uh, using the such a system, a lot of people have... Uh, impression that may not be safe or it may not be safe for health or may not be safe because my data get you know uh, somebody hacked to it or just um, you know something happened to it so i think some of both have a challenge one is uh, it has to be well managed and well controlled and well secure to give a you know people can trust the system and also it also for the health issue it, people have to get more educated and also the companies who make the devices has to cons also consider that the, what is the best way of applying this system because if you if you just look for making something and sell it doesn't matter what frequency is it can have a health issue and then later on 10 years later you find this is a problem that's no matter what frequency or what application but if you add from the beginning address this issue, it can be safe, and I don't see any major problem for that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. very true. So, what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners, especially about your new initiatives or what you're working on? Well, I mean, in general, whenever I work on any any, any technology, I was trying to do something that enabled that you know that market or that application. So back in nineties. I, you know, the, I always thought that, you know, short range communication or any wireless communication will bring big changes. So getting up, having all these late, uh, cables to your computer or computer to printer or any and having be able to communicate with no wire was a mass at that time that the demands. And then I, were, you know, I initially started to, uh, you know, dip, uh, using a technology was actually able to do that so i use like cmos technology to make all the wireless system and then you can see um, bluetooth wi-fi and combo chip and then all of these communication into one single chip that now apply in the phone like iphone all the like you know phone that exists today using that so it's been a big change that makes a lot now people are relying on those so i think that the, the 5G is another another big change in our life, and I that's the reason I choose this because I enjoy you know be part of it. So so now my challenge is to basically address all of this coverage and be able that you have access to 5G at even better than have access to LTE. So and 5G has its own issue how to get the signal 
at every location how to get the signal from the outdoor to indoor because that's going through the wall, going through the glass and, and the windows are issues. So we basically have, you know, addressing this and then how to distribute the 5G signal within the uh, offices because I believe it's better than doing Wi-Fi will be in together with 5G. So 5G can be backbone of the Wi-Fi instead of fiber being backbone of the Wi-Fi. So there will be fiber backbone of the Wi-Fi or cable backbone of the Wi-Fi, but there will be a lot of different hotspot in the street that you will see there. You have a hotspot, but the backbone is 5G because there is no fiber location around that. So they use 5G at the backbone. But but I think in future, it's better to have 5G device uh, communication directly to device uh, directly. Like, for example, if you have... Um, Things like Apple TV or Google TV or devices that if you can actually go from 5G directly to that, it's more secure because you don't go through any Wi-Fi system. So the 5G will be supported directly with the, you know, with the service provider or you know Apple you know, by itself or other comp comp company. So it will be much secure system and actually more efficient than Wi-Fi. So I think it's having the 5G signal almost to every device. It will actually change the way that we use, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff today, and it will be more secure. So those challenges of bringing 5G indoor from outdoor, I mean, and distributed indoor or basically distributed outdoor every location. So you have the signal. It's a challenge that you know maybe a lot of company have today, and we are part of, you know, and trying to, you know, solve those, address those things today. And if we do it, it will change the way that will live in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, no, wonderful. So thank you so much, Dr. Riza, for participating in Roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight you. on the future of 5G. And our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from the information you provided today. So even if a single decision maker can understand 5G based on the discussion we had today, this Risk Roundup dialogue has been of service and we thank mm -hmm. you. For that. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wonderful. So, Roundup, a global initiative launched by Risk Group, is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies, technology convergence, and transformation happening across cyberspace, aquaspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace they walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict. Risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. And it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risks together. For more information on the Risk Roundups, to watch the Risk Roundup video audio podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.